0: Welcome to another episode of the Rest of George Podcast, uh, where we just try to make real life a little bit more simple. And for a lot of us, life has moved online as a result of the COVID season, and we'll probably stay online for a period of time. Many of us are working from home, and, and we're doing church online, doing church from home. So for some of us, we've been doing that a long time, and for others, it's kind of new to us. And for our listeners, uh, we have a lot of people who are leaders In churches, but we also have a lot of leaders of churches, and this season has caused us all to ask questions like, how do we do online services? Is this even church? When this is all over, what will it look like? Should we just get rid of it all and go back to normal, or do we keep some of this, or do we go fully on this form? Uh, A lot of church planning organizations are wondering, uh, what do they do going forward? And uh, do they promote more digital campuses rather than physical? Certainly is more cost effective. So what I thought we'd do in our time together today is we just have a conversation with two of the people in our organization that have really led the way in our online experience. And that's Erica Watkins, who's in charge of our communications and we can service programming. And then also Clayton Beck, who is our technical savant and also in charge of all things audio and visual here at Real Life Church and with Real Life Church Ministries Online. And so welcome, guys. Really glad to have you with us. Hello. Thanks. Great to be here. So I know that you know having three people on the call, we might step on each other a little bit as we talk, and that's okay. Uh, our listeners give a lot of grace, but uh, I want to just start off with uh, kind of giving a little bit of our background and then get into some of the questions for you two so everybody knows where we've come from. We started doing online church years ago, and it was really basically uh, a camera in the room filming what was going on and streaming it to anybody who would watch during our service times. We might have a little bit of interaction, uh, you know, from the stage, where I might mention for those of you watching online, uh, and we'd have a, somebody doing some online chat with any anybody who's in the chat room, which is usually about ten percent of whoever's on, and we just kind of see where it went. So before COVID hit, we were a church that had three physical locations, and then two online because Discovery was streaming online and real life was streaming online. But once COVID hit, we all shut everything down, and we only have one location, which is Real Life Church Ministries for everybody. Now, the question uh, is—well, really, there are several Um, questions—the first one is this. Let's just start with the basic stuff, and I'd love to hear from both of you on this, and Eric, I'll let you go first. Is this church—is watching service online in my living room while there's other stuff going on, my kids are arguing. Um, somebody's playing on their phone. Uh, you know, we're scrapping together communion out of the refrigerator, the dogs are barking. Uh is that church? Can church be done online? Erica, I'll let you go first.
1: Oh, I love this question. Thanks, Rusty. Um, is it church? I you know, this is such a great question, and I think it's the question that we continue to ask as a church. Um Uh, we will continue to ask forever and ever. I I have been reflecting on this. Um, Short answer from me, yes. The longer answer, when I hear a question like this, when someone says, is it church? I always know that it needs another question right behind it. And that's, uh, what is church? And so I think um, when I, because you hear the angst behind uh, that when somebody's asking it, because really what they're saying is, is this church because it doesn't feel right to me, and there's a preference involved somewhere. And I just I love that we um, this time especially has really caused everybody to reflect on well what is what is church or, or who is the church, and and is it the building or is it us. And so many people are digging, of course, back into Acts 2 church, and what are they doing there? You know, um, they're, they're growing in their faith through the teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and the prayer. Well, all of that's doable online. Um, so is this church? Yes, of course, this is church. But it's a great question, and it's one that we have to, um, I think, keep asking, uh, about all kinds of things. I, I'm just going to share real quick. It, it reminds me of, I've been in ministry a while. I'm not going to say how old I have, but, but I have been around a little while. And it really reminds me this time right now of people uh, being challenged by online church. It reminds me very much of when people were challenged by a Saturday night service. Um, I mean, heaven forbid a Thursday night, right? Uh, right. But uh, people were challenged by Saturday night and they were asking that same question, is this church? Or when we started uh, videoing a uh, Saturday night and showing it uh, on the screen on Sunday when the pastor wasn't in the room, people said, "Well, wait a minute, is this church or is this something else? And so I think it's a great question. I think it is one we have to, um, keep asking, but I think what it, what it reveals is preferences is not the foundations of, uh, of what is church, but it really reveals the bigger question is where am I getting hung up on my preferences? So for me, yes, online, online campuses, it is church.
2: Clayton, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, I definitely think it's church. I think uh, that what it makes me think about is what, um, why what i think paul said they're like what why would we make it difficult for people to 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 be a part of what we're doing and it's it's being online and being making it accessible in this way i mean right now we we have to but make it but as ongoing it's it's a way that we can that we are providing um Content and messages and worship and an entire experience for people that might like we've talked about before that aren't maybe able or willing to come into a building or something like that. Like it's it's different and people may be adverse to it in the beginning, but um, but it's it's another way that people can access.
0: Well, I love that line there of uh, you know why would we make it difficult? I mean, it certainly has become. I think. Let me say it this way. When it started out, it was the back door. In other words, you'd have weekend services, and oh, if you missed it, you can catch up online. Now it's the front door. It's the way people are viewing things. I mean, most of us never go to a restaurant without looking at it online first. Um, and people do, are doing that with churches and have been now for some time. And our online experience has been kind of the front door, especially during COVID season, because it's the only door. Uh, but I, I agree with both of you on this. I think it's church. I, I think just because a guy walks into the building, and sits in the back row and sleeps through the entire experience. Uh, doesn't mean that he went to church, uh, but you can sit at your home and engage just as much uh, there as you would in the building. Is your experience different? Sure. Are you going to have the goosebump moments in your home that you'd have in the auditorium with everybody singing? Probably not, but you could still experience church. <laughs> so I, I think that um, yeah, we would all agree on that, and I, and I think people are beginning to see that it's church. So. Erica let me let me start with you. Um, we've learned a lot about online services versus online campus during this season. And if you were to ask me a week before COVID Hey, how's our online campus? I'd say, oh, it's great. We got it all figured out. <laughs> um, you know, knowing that we always are going to learn some stuff, but man, we have learned so much. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've been really at the tip of the spear on that when it comes to the learning of just the philosophy of it and the questions we have to ask. Kind of give our listeners a bit of a big picture of, of what it is we're discovering
1: well, it, it we are learning a lot and and it's it's been an amazing um we've been afforded just this amazing boost. I keep thinking about um just the way that COVID really uh kind of gave a boost to so many churches and their thinking around how they were currently doing um online services. And I think for us it really did um uh, we we went from like you mentioned resty streaming basically streaming one of our campuses uh, services well two of our campuses were streaming their services to all of a sudden uh, one uh, unified service that represented uh, all of our campuses and all of our uh, real life church ministries and we wouldn't have been able to do that before because of the the resources that are required to, to pour into creating an online service like that because the um, the time and energy was being spent on the physical physical campuses and so we've learned that um, it, and and again this was learning trial by error right I mean we all just sort of launched into it. Uh, quickly, and, and all of the staff uh, and the research that we had were able to get really focused. And so I think that was that's one of the big big learnings is that we realized, boy, when we put energy and focus in a different way toward our online uh, campus we get different results. And so before we were piggybacking on a physical campus and, and utilizing our teams there to capture the services. But now we said, Hey, we're going to pour a different kind of energy and focus and, and capitalize on all of the resources because staff isn't going into physical locations. They can contribute in different ways. And, um, and so we, we have a different result. We're able to create uh, a different, Service and it's been great, and so we're learning through this process of how we're how we're utilizing staff, how we're utilizing our ideas and energy, and, and where we're putting them. And so that I think uh, is one of the big learnings. We 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 recognize that our same you know mission, vision, values values of RLCM Ministries, um, it, it, it's continued. That hasn't changed, but what has changed is the unique way in which it expresses itself. On the online campus, just like it would on a on a physical campus, um, we we are learning that people are engaging. They're coming to know Christ. They're growing in their faith. They're joining groups. And again, why do we know this any different than we did before? Well, the intentionality around um, uh, around getting people connected through groups and and things like that are, are the energy is different right now. And so. COVID has really afforded us this great opportunity with our staff and resources um, to to focus that instead of trying to double dip, if you will. And that brings me to what you'll probably be talking about next is now what when we start to go back to physical campuses. But, you know, I think um, the strategy is what we've learned. We've really uh, honed into what we want an online campus strategy to start looking like. Um, during this time, so,
0: right. Well, that's certainly true, and I think we've learned that there's a big difference between a camera in the back of the room streaming versus an online campus, Absolutely. which is what we're moving towards. Clayton, I want to hear from you because there's so many technical pieces that go into this, and there's different programs you've learned how to use, and some that you've discovered don't work all that well, and everything from cameras to uh, angles to um, lighting. Just give a few basic tips for maybe a church out there that's, you know, um, trying to put this together, trying to learn on the fly uh, and might make their life a little bit easier. What have you learned uh, from the technology side of how to make online experience really good? Um. Yeah, that's what we
2: do. I mean, what helps is if you can shoot with more than just one angle, because uh, what helps if your uh, speaker, whoever you're speaking, doesn't have their message all put together, they might stop a few times. Um, And so being able to cut to another angle, I mean, these aren't things that we have learned in COVID, but they will help while you navigate it. Um, And as far as programs finding a, a good Editing software that you can you can put the message together on. What I've learned through this, and it's kind of going back to your other question, and I think was something cool that we did early on, like the first week of being online, is changing our format entirely from Mm. um, not being, you know, somebody welcoming at the beginning, then a three worship song set, and then like you know the normal in the in house program, but we early on move to more of a segmented um kind of Saturday night live where there's something different uh happening each in in shorter segments, keeping attention, thinking thinking Mm -hmm. through what is this experience gonna be like not being in the room with with all the things that entails with other people with lights and all this stuff. But how are you gonna how are you going to keep people's attention while they have kids running around or while they could be doing something else if they just push a button. Um, and so keeping that That segmented uh, idea going, I think, was was a a cool thing that we started to do early on, Um, and then trying to find creative ways to do normal things uh, has been something that's been exciting for me um, during this time. Like having to for our our church, we have a couple of campuses, and so introducing one campus pastor to a, a bunch of people that don't know them, how could we do that? And we could just stand them up there and say, "Hey, this is so and so from this church," or through a creative way to make it an engaging experience um we did a a a hot ones interview so it's doing an interview with that person while they're eating extremely hot sauce um and i think some little things like that of trying to find ways to keep uh creativity in
0: even the kind of what could be mundane (laughs) yeah i think you guys have done a great job of that but you're right attention span is really really short now and especially You know, if you're in the room, you're kind of stuck there. You might get out your phone, but for the most part, you're stuck there. But if you're at home, you got a lot of options of what you can or can't do. Um, So trying to keep things, uh, you know, moving and people guessing. Uh, Erica, what what did you discover? Because you were kind of figuring all this out as far as the platform to use. Obviously, we can use our website, but there's also uh, Facebook Live, uh, there's also Instagram Live, there's also YouTube. Um, what did we choose to do there, and what have we learned through that?
1: Well, we're still learning. I think um, we we had a platform, an online uh, streaming platform that we were using um, when we initially started, when this all started. And and what we recognized is that the rest of the country was going to jump on and, <laughs> and start using that platform as well. And, and we knew there were going to be some challenges there with meeting the demands um, for even our our church. So we, our internal uh, team started uh, working on building a, a platform uh, for ourselves. And so we could rely more solely on our, our technology and um, our our bandwidth and, and all those technical terms that I don't fully understand. But um, so, so that helped initially with that direction. And, and again, that was kind of step one. And then we started, uh, looking into, um, uh, Facebook live and running our services, uh, con- uh, consecutively because we do, we do run a service with a live chat in a, and host within the chat. And we wanted to provide that same kind of experience in Facebook. So we're trying to, to do that as well and, uh, encouraging our, 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 um, uh, people that are joining us to to have Facebook Live watch parties and um, and to help with that because of course as we all know social media is social and so if they um, share the link uh, it, it goes out to many many more people than our church uh, would ever be able to um, communicate directly with if a friend shares it on their on their platform it's it's a much a uh, faster spread than it would be if we were trying to do it just on our platforms. So, mm-hmm. we do utilize that. We use our our YouTube channels. Um, we have multiple uh, because of our our different campuses, um, and uh, our youth are using different platforms as well. I think they use uh, YouTube for their um, for their their main platform. So, utilizing the the social media platforms is a great uh, a great thing to do. Um, some things you can do on certain platforms better than others, and they service you better for certain things. It really depends on, again, the content and what your service includes as to whether or not legally you can put things at certain platforms or not, but everybody's experimenting and everybody's looking into uh, what is working well for them. But I would highly encourage uh, if, if a church is not utilizing Um, social media as one of their uh, platforms to help engage people in their services to start doing that, because that is um, super beneficial and such an easy on-ramp for um, members of the church to help, uh, again, be the ones to be the communicators out and and share with their friends and invite people. So it's a great tool. Mm -hmm.
0: That's that's a great point. Yeah. The use use and leverage of social media, treating it not just like a, uh, uh, you know, the bulletin board where you just post information, but as a way to engage people mm-hmm. is, is so, so critical. Um, Clayton, you mentioned the segmented segments. That takes a little time to put together. Uh, it's not just one camera, film it, start to finish, and then show it. Um, you're creating multiple segments that you're pasting together. That's got to take some time. Right. Uh, how much time do you recommend a church and a group of leaders deciding we should film this ahead of time? How much time do you need to pull all that off
2: mm. that's uh that's a tricky one um, there's <laughs> there's what you would like and what you have and right and of course during this time it's it's kind of what we have but um depending on it really depends on projects it's hard to give a blanket answer f- for that if as far as like a message or something like that you can put it together rather quickly there's not a lot to to add to it unless you're doing graphics or whatever um doing a more thought out creative thing i mean really it just depends on what the project is to be able to really give you really think that through
0: yeah and i think in our case we start filming on tuesday um and what we can film you know one or two weeks in advance and you pick up some other segments here and there and it's pasted together by thursday night and Mm -hmm. it's always incredible um and then we roll it again on sunday of course too so um do you recommend churches uh, you know, filming multiple messages at one time and you kind of have them in the can and then you're ready to roll?
2: Um, if you're able to, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the thing I worry about, and we haven't really run into it, is things drastically changing in between. So right. things that are referenced or talked about in a message that the world is different when you post it three weeks later. Um, but uh, being able to Think out creative elements ahead of time is really, I think, the most beneficial.
0: Erica, you mentioned uh, some of the, the questions that we've had to wrestle with. And I think this is probably where a lot of churches and leaders have to really get at this, because it's not just how do I do what somebody else is doing? It's a matter of what's right for our context. And a lot of that is asking the right questions, not just coming up with multiple solutions that may not even be fixing what it was the question was. So. What are the questions that people should be asking when it comes to online church and online services?
1: Well, uh, I'll, I'll 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 say it from two different perspectives. What are the questions maybe that people should be, and then what are the questions that haunt me every day? Or what are the ones that I'm constantly thinking about uh, right now in this time? I mean, I think what we started with, Rusty, was uh, I think churches need to be thinking about their strategy. They need to be thinking um, because there are a lot of different strategies out there and it's not a one size fits all. Uh, churches need to look at their mission, vision, values. They need to um, really think about the strategy of of what an online campus or is it really an online service? Is it a stream of one of their campuses? They they need to figure that out. So I think those questions at the very beginning. If they aren't asking those, they've got to get in there and, and start asking. I think if they've been living in this now um, and they've been propelled into uh, this COVID time where, where they are living online, now they they've lived in it for a few months and they've got this energy and synergy going around it. I think the the big question that people need to be leaning into right now is are we staffed to address the, um, the the what's next because again uh, of COVID has afforded us this great opportunity for uh, resources that most churches didn't have before in terms of where their energy was allocated and so um, if if churches then are now going to start going back to physical environments uh, people are going to start putting energy into. Maybe what they used to do, maybe some of that's going to be changing, um, most likely will for a lot of people. Um, but there's still going to be some energy being put at at the campus level, at physical campus. And so I think, I think right now people need to be asking, uh, how are we going to do this transition? How are we going to transition our um, people, our staff? And do we even have the staff to support what is now a thriving online uh, campus ministry that we don't want to see go away. Matter of fact, I think a lot of churches may use it, like you said earlier, as their driving platform uh, moving forward and the physical kind of becomes um, sort of secondary to their thinking and and they're pouring their energy in there. So I think uh, right now people need to be asking that question. How are we how are we staffing? How are we transition? how are we going to transition back um, to uh, having physical as well as online, especially if they hadn't lived in that world before? Um, I think that's going to be really, really uh, important uh, question for people to ask. And then the other question that I wake up every morning asking myself is, is my thinking uh, around new ideas defaulting? to the way that I think around physical campus. So if I'm if I'm in a conversation about our online campus and when we're discussing ideas and throwing all the, the ideas onto the table, am I viewing them still through the lens of a physical campus? And so I have to be careful. I think we all need to be careful not to default back to that. We need to learn what it looks like to look through a new lens, which is this online campus lens, and and keep asking that question, you know, am I defaulting to a physical lens if I'm really trying to address, uh, what a, what an online campus looks like. So those are just some of the, some of the questions that I'm asking.
0: So Clayton, I want you to speak on behalf of all, uh, tech directors, audiovisual people in the church that had to deal with a lead pastor. Um, what drives you crazy? What makes your world harder? And what would you want to say on their behalf to their lead pastor? Hmm. So much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Free shot. Go ahead. <laughs> no,
2: I, I mean, I, I think one for is to be um, be prepared. Like when you're for film, I'm thinking through filming right now, because that's been what my mind is around. Um, be prepared and be, be gracious and patient. Um, And then just in general, though, I think what is what's helpful and empowering to um, to that team is to equip them um, and then trust them, because typically they're looking at things differently than the rest of the organization. They're not looking at um, Mm. the way that we reach people the same way as maybe, you know, as the pastors are like as as the typical, you know, as as maybe the group's pastor or children's or whatever they're looking to, they're, they're always thinking, I believe I can speak for my team where I always thinking of how to engage people in, in a unique and different way. Um, for all, we're all towards the same goal, but, um, I think being able to equip them to do what they need to do. And that means everything from, you know, equipment to, um, time and resources and staff, um, and then trust them. Which I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you do a great job of not trying to (laughs) say, but I think that that's an important thing to, to look at with that team. It's a different, it's a
0: different type of team, I think, than um, other teams at the church. They're all unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what you have helped me understand, I mean, you're right. The trust thing is a big deal. And for guys that write messages, I can say it's such a, such a personal thing. And then to entrust somebody with that in the projection of that, whether that's in the room or that's online It's kind of a difficult thing. You're kind of handing over your baby, but um, uh, certainly you've, uh, you know, it's a dance and you guys have proved yourself over and over again as trustworthy uh, through the process. Um, So I think that makes it a lot easier. So the more you get to know your tech guys, the better off uh, Mm -hmm. I think our lead guys will be. So, um, Erica, why don't you wrap us up with this question? And that is, what's next? I mean, we come out of this and I'm not asking it to be, you know, Nostradamus or anything, but. (laughs) Um, the, the statement is starting to make the rounds of we well, used to be a physical location with a digital experience soon will be a digital location with physical experiences every now and then. So what do you think the future looks like beyond this season?
1: Well, I, I don't, I don't have all the answers, Rusty. I wish I did, but I don't. And, and actually I don't wish I did. I'm glad that I don't have all the answers because, um, Again, we serve the God who does, and He. This what's next is opportunity um, that I believe deep in my deep in my soul that um, that so many many churches are going to um, take so much more ground for the kingdom because of this time and because of their willingness to rethink and to. Um, to recognize this as opportunity and not as uh something that has uh, you know held their hands uh, tied uh, for a few months but this is actually a catalyst to something to something new and so i do believe that um online presence and online church uh not even as we're seeing it now i think there's something even um greater that we've yet to experience in terms of how the world uh, is uh, the unchurched world is connecting with our online uh, churches. Um, that is, we haven't even scraped you know the surface of that yet. I think there's just so much more to come, and I'm so excited about uh, what that what that looks like. And I believe there's many, 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 many churches that are gonna that are gonna uh, grab hold of that and just uh, keep. Um, exploring that mission field because it is a, it is like a mission uh, field and, and God says, go. And and given this opportunity, we're going to go and uh, keep exploring. That does not mean that physical campuses I think are are going to go away. They're going to change, I think for sure. Um, we're going to see a lot of change in, um, in what happens in a week period of time at a physical campus. I think that's going to change. And I think that that's okay because like right back at the beginning of the conversation, we talked about, um, what is church and it's not the physical building. And so why wouldn't it be okay that things change up in terms of what happens, uh, in that space? And, um, You know, we may we may be connecting more with our communities because we have these buildings that have space available uh, for things within our community that we've never thought about before. So I think the possibilities are endless. I think uh, I don't know exactly what the future looks like. I'm just excited to be a part of it and um, continue to to go where God calls us to go.
0: Well, that's well said and such a, uh, a critical time in history and to think that we get to be a part of this is uh, rather humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be scary, but it's also a lot of fun. So uh, thank you too for being a part of our conversation and for all that you guys do for not just RLCM, but for the kingdom. Um, and I just want to tell our listeners that next week will be our special edition 100th episode of the podcast. And we have a special guest, and that is my wife. She makes her first appearance on the Rusty George podcast, and we are interviewed by Brad Williams, so I cannot wait to share that with you. And we have some special giveaways as well, so watch us on social media, and we will see you next week for our 100th episode.